Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 113 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, how are you doing, Sarah? I'm great. So today we have a really fun topic and one we have not addressed before. And Ever? I, I don't. Not really. Wow. Okay. We talked about picky eaters one time. That's the closest we've come to nutrition. Wow. And all right. You guys all know we're not nutritionists. This is one of those where we give our general disclaimer of, we're right. not experts, <laughs> and you know that. Um, but what we're going to kind of talk today is about kind of creating food culture in our family and modeling healthy eating and modeling nutrition for our kids in a way that doesn't necessarily have to prescribe to one particular type of diet or like weight loss goals, but just how do we set an example for our kids of, I'm calling it good enough nutrition, hmm. meaning not over the top you know, into any one particular thing, but how do we show our kids the way to eat healthfully and the way eating can be fun and part of our family culture in a way that's healthy and nutritious without being over the top? That's kind of yeah. my summation of today. Does that? Does that yeah, that's cool? that sounds about right. And I, I have to say, this has been like at the forefront of my mind because I just got done doing a big writing project with. Um, like a government agency and I had to write a lesson that was all about family meals, but without talking about nutrition. So it was really interesting. So like, and it's a nutrition program. So I had to kind of touch on it, but, right. but the behavior I was trying to encourage families to embrace was not anything to do with what they were eating. And it was really eye opening. Like yeah. how much goes on at the table that really, I mean, is about nutrition, but it's like, for me, the nutrition is what you get to after you set up all the other things in place. Yeah. And really the biggest thing we were talking about was that, you know, food really social eating human eating really is about sharing meals with the people that we love and that we right. spend time with and um when you can get the behavior and the manners and like the food culture part kind of mm -hmm. square the rest of it's much easier if we just distill everything down to ingredients and organic or gmo versus not like yes. all that then it becomes kind of scientific and that's not really the way humans eat yes. and it's not the way humans oh, socialize over that. food and so, don't you feel like also that is so fraught with um guilt for moms if we distill yeah. it always down to um the organic non-organic the right you know then then it feels it's like a score sheet we, we've yeah. either failed or succeeded right whereas creating a culture around food how you enjoy food how you talk about food how you prepare food um in a way that's sort of more holistic to use kind of a buzzy buzzword um i feel like then nutrition is just such a small piece of that it so. can be a little messier because life is messy and right. unfortunately like measuring calories and grams of fiber and ground you know and and yeah. antioxidant levels and that's not um that's not messy it's exact. And so it's really hard to do that. Cause like, like you said, you either hit it or you don't like you hit the mark or you don't, if you make right. everything measured. And right. if you go for more like, um, this is the way we eat in this family. And yeah. because we love to sit down together and share a meal, it just gives it a very different feel. And to me, it speaks much more to me than taking a I, more scientific view. 
I love that. And of course, because you and I, I mean, we live in different parts of the country. Our families are different ages. And of our listeners, there are listeners out there who have families with allergies or with food sensitivities or who have maybe a specific health struggle that relates to diet and nutrition. So I think keeping it at this like food values and food culture level I think hopefully applies to everyone. I will say this has been on my mind more because we're recording this toward the end of summer, which means my kids have been home and in the house. And as we've talked about recently, my kids are getting more independent and self-sufficient with preparing their own food, which is awesome. It also means that it's right in front of me all day long that my kids are starting to make food choices without me. And yeah. so that's kind of an opportunity maybe <laughs> to start talking about some of these things. Cause I don't, I don't really want to be the mom who has to say yes or no to every snack or to, or to has to police it at that level. But man, I really do want to give my kids the information to make good choices. I mean, I, don't, I didn't make very good choices, I guess. So maybe it's, maybe I'm being too hopeful, but <laughs> well, at least to have the dialogue going with my nine and seven year olds, especially about, um, so that's what we're going to get into. Yeah. Today. Yeah. And I think like for me, when one of the things that I was working when I've been working on this content that I've been creating, one of the things that kind of kept coming down to is like you as a parent and, and I know parents, this to me felt a little idealistic and, and it's going to look different in every family. Um, but the basic premise is like as a parent, you can kind of control what's available, like what you purchase and what mm -hmm. you cook and serve and you can set rules around the table and set like expectations of how the kids will behave at the table. Mm -hmm. But when we get into trying to control exactly what our kids eat, that's when things fall apart because yeah. like you said, you can't do that for very long. And research does show that like that doesn't actually lead to healthier eating habits in the end. Right. And it doesn't so, feel good to me. I've noticed myself really bordering on that controlling and I think it's just because this is a new phase I was always the one preparing the food and right. setting it out here's what's for snack here's what's for lunch and so I do hear myself sometimes saying well why don't you eat this instead or and I, I really don't want to be that way so this is good timing for me too yeah um Megan do you feel like you can give like a high level like if someone asked you like <sighs> what are your food values or you like what do you believe about nutrition and feeding a family um, yeah, like well, it's funny. I actually wrote a manifesto, <laughs> which is so funny. I know, but it was several years ago and I, it was kind of fun to read well, several. It was four years ago. It was fun to revisit it. Um, because nothing has really changed. My family structure has changed quite a bit. I don't have like a preschooler anymore. I don't have, you know, like I don't have all the same people under one roof as I did. And so it's a little different right. and a little bittersweet actually reading it. But um, my food manifesto and I can like, I'll just read it. Yeah. The five or six things I had on here and then I'll kind of touch on what I think I meant or what I yeah. mean, what those things mean to me now. So the first one was I believe in sharing meals with the people I love. And that's simple. Like, I believe in the act of sitting down and eating with yeah. the people I love. Now that can look very different. Um, when I wrote this four years ago, that literally looked like nightly sitting down with a pot roast at the dining room table with seven people. And now my family has changed. I am going through a divorce. My oldest is an adult and kind of in and out on his own off doing things. My second oldest is nearly an adult and has work in his own life. And so sometimes it looks like me sharing me meals with two people right. <laughs> that I love or, and honestly I was, you know, as I was reading this, I was thinking about how, 
how much a lot of this has fallen by the wayside for me. And it's really inspired me to kind of get back into it because that was something that was really not only um, just a regular act of sitting down to a meal with my family was not only great at the time, but I feel like it's a really grounding thing. Yeah. It really helps you kind of create and set those routines and stay in touch with everybody. And I will say like over the last few months, I've kind of lost that and yeah. maybe the last six or seven months has kind of Thank slipped you. away. Get I get a pass. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it, but it's something positive. I don't look at it as like a thing I have to do because if I don't, my family and my kids will all be on drugs and pregnant. Um, I think of it as something I want to do because it yeah. made family life better and it makes me feel more in control and more in tune. And, and you know, the whole reason I can give a little background on why this, why we are doing this podcast in the first place, yeah. it all came out of my original podcast, which was called the kitchen hour. And the sole goal of the kitchen hour podcast was just to give mom something to listen to while they were making dinner so that they'd want to make dinner. Because I found that when I regularly went in the kitchen and spent an hour or so every yeah. night, uh, my kitchen was cleaner. My kids got their stuff. I like, I was more on top of their homework. Um, yeah. I like, I talked to them more. I was more relaxed. I was less distracted. Like all of those things, group out of that so I am I here I am like re I don't know re-inspiring myself to do yeah. this again um, so the second thing on my food manifesto was I believe in nourishing the body and the soul and what I mean by that is the soul is just as important as the body so I want to serve food that tastes good and has texture that you know the kids like and isn't you know just too much like a little pile of sticks and twix you know or twig yeah. twix <laughs> i would eat a pile of twix yeah. um a pile of sticks and leaves it, you know the difference between having like a salad like a really well-made salad yeah. with textures and flavors yeah. and yeah. like a great dressing and then something that's just kind of like raw all the components all the yeah. components but it's not done well i mean that's yeah. such a analogy or a metaphor for any meal i think and, and it makes it you know it can be stuffed with good stuff and vegetables but some stuff just is pleasurable to eat yeah. and some isn't and um so that was what that one was all about uh one of my manifesto things was i believe in butter and bacon nice. <laughs> and i i think everyone believes in bacon now but um, yeah, you were ahead of the, trend. I was ahead of the bacon trend, but I, my point was just that, you know, yeah, there are a lot of, uh, differences of opinion about how healthy meat is or how healthy butter, as opposed to coconut oil or, <laughs> um, you know, some other kind of cooking oil it might be. And for me again, like there's, there's just room for flavor and a little, some indulgence. It doesn't mean I sit down and eat a pile of bacon uh, for breakfast. It means right. I incorporate things into cooking that taste good and people yeah. want to come back and eat. Um, I believe in trying new dishes and loving old favorites. So I have talked, I've written at length and talked before about like loving to put together just an old fashioned, like pot roast and, or something my mom made. I love that. And I like to do, try new things, but it doesn't, everything doesn't always have to be new. Um, and that's, I think some, a trap that we, I don't know, end up falling into sometimes yeah. like thinking we have to keep reinventing the wheel yeah. when well, Pinterest, sometimes Pinterest would like us to <laughs> right. think that the ideal meal is just a couple clicks away. Yes. The 65 cookbooks you have in your kitchen. Exactly. And like <laughs> and all you already know how to make. Right. And all the new recipe generation, I think blogging has, and I did it too. Like I, I was, I created recipes um, on behalf of brands I liked working with when I was blogging and it was fun. But I remember actually, I'd always be like, certainly someone has done this before. Like yeah. surely this, this is not new. So I just think, you know, there's room for experimenting and there's also room for just falling back on the stuff that you know how to do. Yeah. Um, 
I believe anyone can learn how to cook. This is a big one because I think a lot of people will quickly say I'm a terrible cook and that's that. And the fact is we all have to eat. And that means in your home, someone in your home has to prepare food. And if it's not you, that's fine. But it needs to be someone. And I believe it can be anyone. I don't believe everyone is going to become a chef or an awesome like improviser. There's a difference between cooking from a recipe and improvising. Yeah. Um, There's a difference between creating art and creating a a flavorful family meal. So I really do believe anyone can do that. There's also, if I can jump in on that. Yeah. No, you can jump in anytime. Big like a big spectrum um along which you might prepare dinner for your family and maybe only one component of the whole meal is something you feel like you followed a recipe yeah. and it, you feel good about and maybe the rest is one time we talked about did we talk about crescent rolls from a can because yes one kid will eat them so like i feel like i have fallen victim for sure to this thinking that i'm either making dinner in big air quotes tonight or i'm copping out and we we've probably touched on this in previous episodes but most meals are a combination like most meals i'm pulling out some leftovers something easy to prepare and then maybe there's one element that sort of like started from scratch and i actually brought it to conclusion maybe one night the next night maybe there's nothing maybe it's all a conglomeration but i believe that all of that falls under the umbrella of preparing meals for your family and i feel like sometimes it's easy to get into this thing where we say well if i'm not doing a scratch meal from that's beautiful from Pinterest, we might as well go to takeout. And there's so yeah. much in between. I feel like even just even just sitting down together and pulling the pieces from the fridge and warming something up in the microwave, it's all it's all along that spectrum. And it's too easy, I think, to get into the extremes or the all or nothings in there. So in addition to I to anyone can learn to cook every every a cook at every level can pull together a meal. That is night. so true. And, you know, I, there is this romantic notion um, that cooking like you like like the harder we make it on ourselves the more it counts <laughs> and yeah. there's nothing wrong with like steamed vegetables in the microwave like right. they're the easiest thing ever throw a little butter and salt on top and they taste good um, I like to be a little more inventive when I can but there's room like you can make a lovely piece of meat or protein and then side it with something easy like yeah. it, you know with box mac fr- and cheese box mac and <laughs> cheese or fruit salad i think i remember i don't this was a long time ago i i showed a um a dinner i had made for the kids and i can't remember what exactly what it was i think it was like a like potatoes au gratin with a corn dog or something like that. And I put on a plate and took a picture of it. I thought it was really funny. And someone was like, that's the nicest plating I've ever seen of a corn dog. But it was just kind of funny because I thought, well, I'm not going to get the whole thing right every time. But if you can get half of the meal good or like three quarters or even a third of it, it's better than French fries and a burger from the drive-thru. And so, yeah, all all or nothing never helps anybody. No. It really doesn't. And if you're waiting to learn to cook to start caring about these things then you're probably cheating yourself out of some enjoyment some of the fun parts of feeding a family because you think that you're not good enough yet or you haven't found the right pinterest board or whatever yeah 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 for sure um the last thing on on this little food manifesto that we can stop talking about me for a bit (laughs) um is i believe food matters and i do i just don't i i believe that the act of eating matters i believe that where we buy our food matters i'm also and what kind of food we buy and feed our families matter matters i just also feel like there's so much room to give yourself um 
some credit and some grace about not always getting it perfect. So I totally believe in buying locally, but when money is tight or time is, you know, time is tight or I just don't have the energy, I don't always do that. So there's like a lot of different things that you can believe. I I feel like there's this weird thing. Like we have a really hard time if we have a, a certain belief about something or know something to be true and then we don't follow it to the letter every single time and no one can there's too many things to know there's too many things to believe and there's too many things that are important to follow every single one of them every single time so you know believe it matters but but don't kill yourself um that's why i focus on the fun part make it enjoyable make it about gathering your family and the rest kind of will fall into place if you just set aside some time and that's the biggest thing like make time and space in your life for it and the rest then comes naturally rather than trying to do it the other way around well, and I, I think that puts such a positive spin. I want to shift into talking about the way we model some of this for our kids, like on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. And you kind of set that up perfectly because I feel like a lot of what we hear about nutrition is the don'ts, right? Like mm-hmm. no white flour, no high fructose corn syrup, no blah, blah, blah. And that's fine and good as a guidepost. But I feel like what you've done with this manifesto and with focusing on the positives is flipped that around and you're showing your kids and we're trying to show our families what is enjoyable about food. Um, yeah. Not just the things we're supposed to limit or reduce. Um, kids get enough of that anyway, as we've talked about on this show, you know, they right. hear, they hear what they're not supposed to do and not supposed to have all day long. So I think it's really worthwhile. I'm really glad actually we're doing this topic. It's really worthwhile, worthwhile to spend some time thinking about what is the food culture and what are the food values that you hoped that your kids come away with? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, Megan, I think you're really inspiring. In this oh, my I goodness. Remember, I'm inspiring well, I myself. A lot of writing that you have done about kind of mm-hmm. the food culture you grew up in and all of that. So, um, OK, well, I feel like it's kind of my turn to talk, but I don't have a blog post <laughs> <laughs> to read back from. But I think what I've been thinking about lately is um We don't have, we are not a family who has any one particular dietary need. We're not gluten-free. We're not paleo. Um, But at the same time, we live in Southern California, which is a very health conscious culture. My husband lost about 40 pounds about five years ago and kept it off mostly through very healthful eating, you know, fruits and vegetables being the top of his food diagram or whatever you want to call it. And then kind of lean meats, very lean meats and lean proteins. And so in my house, there has been this culture of, I don't know, I even, even healthy eating seems too vague because there's a lot of ways to be a healthy eater in my opinion. But Mm -hmm. so I think a lot about like, what, what do I want my kids to come away with it? Cause we can't say we're vegetarians or we're paleo or we're this, we're not anything, but at the same time we do eat pretty healthfully. And I think what I've been focusing on lately, a couple things. One is educating my older two, especially about um, what we buy and the ingredients in them. So we tend to do our grocery shopping at Trader Joe's and you know, there's Trader Joe's lovers out there and those who maybe don't have one. But one of the things I like is they, they do a lot of snack foods. There's a lot of things. They have a lot of desserts. There's a lot of things you can buy at Trader Joe's that are not on paper, like high nutrients or nutrients mm-hmm. rich. But I like that as a general rule, they limit preservatives almost exclusively. You would have to look hard to find a high preservative or high artificial anything food in their store. And that to me has become little by little over time, I would say more and more important, not anything that's like I live and die by, but um, I'd rather have my kids have pretzels and snacks and cookies made without artificial ingredients and preservatives and not worry about the sugar of this particular thing or the gluten in that particular thing. So that's one that, and that's taken me a while to kind of identify that as a value because 
kids want snacks all the time. And so it's like, gosh, do I, am I a goldfish mom or am I right. not a goldfish mom? Like, <laughs> yeah. can my kids have cookies every day or are we limiting sugar? And it's taken me a while, but I think what's more important to me is things like artificial dyes, artificial ingredients and preservatives. And that little by little, I'm not an expert, but little by little that's translated over into like the lunch meats we buy and the meats that we buy. And just and I feel like Trader Joe's is a good start for that because they start with a baseline of the ingredients list is stuff that you can see and yeah. you, you understand what it is. So that's kind of become a big one for me. Um, and then the other one we've been talking a lot about with the kids lately is just the variety in what we eat all day. Not that every plate has to look like the color wheel or whatever it's supposed to do, you know, like yeah. not that you need every food group in every plate, but I have kids who will go for the carbs every time, as many of us moms would also like to do. And because they're getting more independent, I, I feel like a conversation we have a lot is, okay, so what have you had today? And they'll be like, oh, well, I had a frozen waffle for breakfast and then I had some pretzels for a snack and I and so I, then I'm kind of playing the dummy and I'm like so what yeah. do you think should be up next there like we haven't and again I'm, we're in summer where we're kind right. of all grazing and I don't have a problem with grazing that that one is not an issue I don't think we need to be sitting down me and my three kids for square meals so I'm fine with grazing I'm fine with everybody kind of being on their own rhythm during the summer. But that's what we keep coming back to is where is the variety over the course of the day? And that has been really good for discussions. You know, even Reed, who he, the only vegetable he eats is raw baby carrots dipped in ranch. That's it. I'll <laughs> that's just come out and say it. There's no, there's none, no other vegetables. Um, but even he will sort of be able to think, okay, so I'm kind of due for a fruit. And if, if fruit, if they've had enough fruit, but it's been all fruit and bread, then I might say, okay, so what about a string cheese or a yogurt? Like, where's your, and it's funny because I feel like the five food groups is a dated concept, but honestly, it's, it's kind of helpful for my kids at this level to think in those really broad terms, you know, um, yeah. know not all meats and proteins are created equal, not all dairy and not all bread food group is created equal, but it's actually helped us have conversations about everything in a pantry that I buy, everything I buy, like you said about the writing you'd been doing, everything that I buy is technically something you can eat. It's just not okay to have a bowl of cereal and then a frozen waffle and then pretzels and then right. toast. Yeah. Um, for Mix five it up. days yes. straight. Yeah. So that has been a helpful kind of guiding principle, I will say, for us and has helped me help them and still have a lot of choices about what they eat. Just and I just say, just find a different food group. I don't care what it is. Just <laughs> just mix it up. Mix um, it up. So that has been helpful. And that's definitely, I think, a summer thing for us right now, because when it gets back into packing lunches and stuff, then we're kind of that's a little easier. I'm either packing them or I'm overseeing the packing and I can kind of make sure the variety is there. But yeah, this, in this summer free for all, it's been a really good time to look at that variety. And that to me is more important than. It's actually even more important than them eating vegetables or eating a lot of fruit. It's it's them, their bodies and their minds getting used to mixing it up and having a variety. Yeah. And hopefully over time that will turn into a variety of flavors and a variety of types of foods. But for now, if we're just rotating the food groups, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I actually have like a few as you were talking, I have a few like little arb they're not arbitrary rules, but you know how you always have like the house rule that you cling to. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it doesn't even really make sense or whatever, but I have a few of those. And I guess okay. should I talk about yeah. those now and then maybe we should take a break and then go into the because I, I also have some shopping tips. Oh, like, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, go for it. Okay. So one of those rules is if you're going to like if I do buy chips and I really don't don't very often but chips are one of those things like i feel like it's a it's kind of a compromise 
item. I'm not going to serve it up with dinner every night, but if we're having like, you know, a barbecue or whatever, yeah. I might have them in the house. And I, do, the way I do snacks, I kind of buy, I mean, at this point, at this point, the inmates are running the asylum. And I, uh, I know that if I buy a bag of chips, unless I hide it really carefully, it's right. going to be gone. Right. So I buy any snacky, junky stuff like that. If I buy sugar cereal, um, if I buy, and I think so like that's what my mom always called it was sugar cereal. Yeah. Yep. Um, if I buy chips, something like that, which is considered a junk, I right. buy it in a quantity that I'm going to be okay right. with the kids like mowing it down yes. and like it's gone in a few minutes. So that's just, you know, that's how I make it okay for myself because I don't want to police it. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So one, but I do make rules around it. So with chips, like you have to take a handful of chips out and put it in a small cereal bowl. You cannot just mm-hmm. like dump the entire bag into a bowl and then yep. wander into the living room with it. I don't let the kids eat junk food on the couch because I don't want the kids eating that stuff mindlessly and just shoving it into their faces. Um, so just like those kinds of, they're not, they're rules, but they're just basically like, they're almost more like etiquette or yeah. um, this is the way you can eat reasonably. You yeah. know, um, we have certain foods that are just, everyone knows are eat whenever you want. You don't have to ask like right. for this. You can eat like, you can always go into the fruit bowl. Always, always, always. Um, you could always like grab a handful of nuts. That's totally yeah. fine. But if it's something like, if it's like a sweet in the freezer, you ask because those are usually for a special occasion or maybe I get them for a hot day coming up and I don't want the kids to just dig into them. So those things are nutrition, but really what they are, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the very beginning, it's like they are nutrition, but really what they are is behavior, their politeness, their etiquette. It's like food behavior. Um, The end result is the kids are still eating better foods at the end because I've set some ground rules that push them toward that. Yeah. But really it's more about like the way I want food to be engaged with in the house. Yeah. And it just takes the pressure off because yeah. I would say the same thing about healthy pretzels. You also can't yeah. take a bag of that and sit in front of the yeah. TV and, you know, just shove your hand in the bag and like get crumbs you everywhere. I, you and I are the same. Those are both <laughs> rules in our, in my house. And what I asked Allegra to start doing, cause she's, she's the one who really could snack all day. And um, I just told her, look at the serving size and that, right. um, and serving sizes. I think we all know are sometimes laughably small. Like I could take down a half a bag of chips right now. So we're not like it's not like we're better than anybody. But starting with the serving size is like, oh, the serving size for this is 12 crackers. Like, OK, we'll start yeah. with that. And then let's see where we are. But yeah, I don't I really don't like that eating out of the bag either. Yeah. It's no, like it's a, just it's yeah. it's kind of rude. It's like my mom would have been like, oh, have were you born in a barn? And so I just think of that. And it's, but nowadays I feel like it's just weirdly usual for small children to be walking around with their hand in a bag of chips <laughs> carrying a soda and it's even stuff like if you know on the rare occasion I let my kids have a soda I'll make them t- like open the can and split it into two glasses just on like principle yeah. because I don't want to see them walking around slurping out of a soda it's just yeah. it's a weird little thing hang up that I have and um, they don't get it that often anyway but it's just one of those little things that I feel well, like makes it more controlled and more polite it's funny because you're, you know, a lot of this I think you're saying is coming from your history and all that, but it's actually like I think it's kind of a newfangled concept, which is mindful eating, like yeah. not not eating mindlessly. We know that like as passive as a lot of Americans' lives are with like being at the computer and working too much, and not that eating has become this thing that is sort of like mindless. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it's 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 politeness and it's all of that. But I also think it's even more than that. And that is sort of teaching kids to be conscious of what they're putting in their mouth. And that's either because of where and how you eat or how much 
or, you know, like my food group thing. You just you have to sort of pay attention to what you're putting in. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, totally agreed. Well, let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsor this week, which is such a perfect sponsor for this particular topic. And that is they are called That's It Bars. And have you seen these? Yeah. Are, it's so clever. So when I say that's it, it's that's it. just fruit. <laughs> it's just that's fruit. All that it's it. funny when I got my box of them, I was like turning the wrapper over and over like, that's it. Like, <laughs> really? That's it. That's it. That's it. So it's two servings of fruit in each bar. Um, and the ones we tried were like apple and apricot. And they re- come wrapped like any kind of a little snack bar or nutrition bar. But literally, that's it. It's just fruit inside. Um, I had such a great experience with these when we had a play date with a kid who is both dairy and gluten free. And like I said, my kids aren't don't have any specific dietary issues except for only eating baby carrots and ranch for vegetables, but no, no medical um, required dietary issues. And I was so glad to have these on hand because they're, it's just fruit. That's it. Um, And having something that the kids could really like, but was also easy and portable. So we're talking about having choices and having kids help themselves in the pantry to something that's available. These are such a great option. Um, They come in all kinds of flavors. They're available um, at Whole Foods, at Starbucks. Did you say you have yours at CVS? We can get them at CVS. Yep. I've seen them up by the checkout. Yeah. And you can also get them online. So, yeah, it's just a great option to have. And, you know, this company was founded by a medical doctor, a physician who really became pretty concerned about our fruits and vegetables intake, not just kids, but people in general. And so um, they really made it their mission to see if they could make fruit portable in this way. And, you know, there's a lot of products out there that add a lot of concentrates or juices to make fruity things fruity. But again, I'm going to repeat myself. That's it. It's just, that's just fruit plus fruit. (laughs) It's how they, how how they say it. Yeah. And I have, I'm really, you know, school back to school seasons coming up and I'm really looking forward to putting these in lunch boxes because they sort of have the, they're sort of reminiscent of a fruit leather or a fruit snack, but they're so much healthier. Um, and I've always kind of felt like, like really weird about putting fruit snacks in a lunch because they're they're kind of candy like they're not you know they're they're sugared up they're a treat they're a treat but like they're easy and so this is kind of like a like a much healthier version that actually has fiber in it and isn't loaded up with a bunch of extra stuff and sugar so right yeah and when it gets down to the allergens um these are actually made in an allergen free facility so i mean i know there are families who really have to look at the detailed level of of cross-contamination and stuff and so these would be a great choice for anybody and i was so glad to have them on hand with a kid that did have some food sensitivity and have something that the kids thought was fun. So absolutely going to be using these for lunch packing and all of that. So um, if you want to try these, um, the best way to go would be to go to thatsitfruit.com and use the promo code THEMOMHOUR to save 10% and you can try a box. Um, But do pick some up if you're out at any of those places and you see them. We love them. Yeah, they're great. Awesome. I definitely want to talk about grocery shopping, like I said, because I think that I have like a really simple tip about that. But I also want to talk about eating out a little bit. Okay. Because I think that that's something that, you know, most families do to some degree. And it's a lot harder, I think. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to get my shopping tip first. It's just a quick one. Um, But I have found that when I'm facing trying to make changes to our family's eating habits and like improving them. And sometimes I fall off the wagon for a while and then try to get back on track. It's really helpful for me, for me to, to like really focus on one or two things. So when I really started getting very food conscious, um, mm-hmm. probably about 10 years ago or so, 10, 15 years ago, I'll, the only thing I did for like a month was focus on not having high fructose corn syrup in my bread. Like that was it. That was the only thing. And at that time it was actually still kind of hard to find. So sometimes that was actually a challenge. 
And then I moved on to um, finding eggs that I thought were sourced in from more nutritious um, sources. Mm-hmm. And you can look into that yourself. So, and because, and I chose those for a reason, bread, because the kids go through a lot of bread. I yeah. figured that kind of took, it represented a large part of our diet yeah. and the expense of getting bread that was um, more natural, preservative free, and didn't have um, high fructose corn syrup in it was not that much more expensive. Like it was right. maybe a dollar more for a, a loaf, but I felt like that was a cost that we could swing. Right. Same thing with eggs. You know, even the best eggs are still a relatively cheap form, um, mm-hmm. source of protein and we use them a lot. So it was like finding like that one thing and focusing on it yes. and maybe having it a thing that that it makes a big difference because your kids drink a lot of it or eat a lot of it, right. um, but maybe doesn't add a lot of pressure to you or a lot of cost to your budget. Yeah. Um, and then what happens kind of by default, you start making more choices. Like you start making more good choices like that. And I don't know if you've had any similar ways that you've done shopping. Yeah, I do. I mean, I have tried to shift toward organic, both meat and dairy over time, but it took a long time. I remember when we found um, that Costco had a really good price on organic boneless, skinless chicken breasts. And that was the only meat that we bought that was organically raised for a long time. Um, and so just knowing that that was one affordable piece of the puzzle. Um, and then I just like, in terms of the organic thing with fruits and veggies for a long time, I would just look at the cost differential. And I think training your mind to look at these things, you just start to notice more. So I just, I didn't have an exact number, but if it was double, I wasn't going to do it. If it was an incremental increase to buy organic, then I did it. And it wasn't that I thought the pesticides were going to kill my family tomorrow. It was more that I kind of wanted to vote with my dollars and kind of like make a statement with my shopping that eventually I'd like not to have the preservatives, you know, and pesticides on my fruits and vegetables, but it's not going to all happen overnight. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think starting to pay attention to sometimes we can get it in our head that it's expensive to eat this way, whatever this way means for you. And I think that can be really true. But also you you can start paying attention to what is drastically more expensive and what is incremental and start just like you said pick one or two things so yeah and you know what you can make a fruit salad that has a or an organic strawberry mixed with a non-organic grape (laughs) i mean you can do that they still and they still count like (laughs) this like i always want to say it still counts like the organic strawberries still count um i've actually found that aldi is a great place to shop for they do have a limited um limited organics but what i like about aldi is it's very simple so aldi is a discount supermarket chain if you haven't been to one in the last like two or three years go because they have done major overhauls and um, they have so much more stuff than they used to have. And it's, they've got good brands and they've got like one called um, Never Any or something like that. I think okay. Never Any, I think is, is what it's called. And it's one of their meat brands. So it's like right next to the other meat brand. And it's there's no preservatives, there's no hormones, no antibiotics. And it's right next to the other version. And it's not that much more. So right. it allows you to really make like side by side choices, yes. side by side comparisons. Um, and you will get out of there with such a cheap uh, shopping cart full of groceries that you don't feel bad about spending a little more. And they have very limited organics, but they also just have like, it's really easy in that store to skip the junk food aisle because it's like, at least in ours, and I know they're laid out differently, but in ours, that's like the first aisle. So I just kind of walk fast and I might grab some crackers and I might grab like, you know, if chips, if we're, if that's in the budget this week or in the, in the diet plan this week or whatever. 
and cereal or whatever and then I'm out of that aisle and I don't go back and then I just kind of get into the produce and the dairy and it's all laid out in such a way that you can kind of just grab 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 and go it's not overwhelming and it can be a little bit the first few times you go because it's weird it's not laid out the same as another grocery store and like you have to have a quarter for your grocery cart and you they don't have bags for free you have to buy them or bring your own like stuff like that so you kind of have to get used to that but once you're used to it I love it it's just like easy inexpensive and it may not be like all organics but it's it's just simple food and it's mostly food that you're going to make into a meal like there's not a whole lot of convenience options there's not a whole lot of frozen stuff that you can heat up and that's that's another i think another sort of food value that i think both you and i have probably touched on over the years but maybe it bears repeating and that is that you know almost anything that you're able to whip together at home is Better than almost than anything packaged, you can get at a restaurant. Than yeah, packaged or yeah. fast food. So yeah. going back to that all or nothing thing, um, making a quesadilla or pancakes for dinner or whatever is so simple and not packaged and not from the fast food drive-in. So it doesn't have to be a drastic improvement to be a little bit better. Right? Yeah, that's kind of what we come down to. And also going back to the the example we're setting for our kids. That it, that all or nothing is an important example for them, too. It's that meals can take various amounts of time to create. They can look like a fancy set table or something really casual. But the repeated act of prepping food and putting it together for a family, I think, is something that they will remember. They won't remember yeah. if it was something super simple or something that took you two hours. So Yeah, that's so true. I guess that's a good segue into talking about eating out because I yeah. do have like a couple of ways that our food... Um, I guess values translate there. And it, when, when we out, eat out, I do not try to get the kids to eat healthy stuff. No, I mean, I feel like that's kind of like why even bother, especially since most, even, even if they're ordering off the adult menu, which gets prohibitively expensive, if you've yeah. got kids, it's still not going to be great for you most no. of the time. So when we eat out, I really focus on portion control like that mm-hmm. to me in frequency and portion control. So if we all go out to eat and everyone, and I have kids of varying appetites and I don't want to call out my one bigger kid who's got a huge appetite but I might say like okay well how about we all share a basket of fries instead of like everyone gets their own order or how about um, instead of getting the double enormous heart attack burger can you try the smaller version well often I'll often encourage them to cut their sandwiches like if we're eating at a place that has more like I don't know like the kind of sandwiches you can take to go like cut them in half right at the beginning and plan to take half home because there's you know especially as they graduate off the kids menu there's more options and sometimes they get a little bit intoxicated by all the options that suddenly are available to them, but they don't need to eat that entire 2000 calorie sandwich. And so that's really what I try to focus on there. Just the idea that like you can eat food that is quote unhealthy, unquote, Um, just eat less of it and don't eat it as often. Yep. Yes. I love that. Well, that um, I wanted to mention a couple of things about vacation because this has come up for us recently and um, this summer, but when, before we went away on our bigger trip to Tahoe, Um, I just knew that sweets just become a part of vacation. And I want to be that mom who just says yes every time. But we were going for almost two weeks and we were going to be staying in the house that my parents share there. And we were going to have a relatively stable like home environment, meaning we were going to be shopping for groceries and eating out some, but not the whole time. It's not like a quick weekend where you can say yes to ice cream like three days in a row and everybody's happy. So I really wanted to find a way where I could be the yes mom about the ice cream, but not lose control completely because it's a long time and 
Honestly, their mood suffer, their sleep suffers after right. specifically with the sugar. It's not like it happens once. It's just over time. It just chips away at my sanity. So what we decided to do, and I ran this by the kids, was um, we decided that in the house, we would ask my parents not to buy ice cream sandwiches for after dinner or popsicles or you know, the stuff around the house, but that once we were out and about, you know, at the pool snack bar or that I would say yes, literally all the time, like yeah. <laughs> including if we were about to eat dinner, we would go to this um, like kids kind of recreation center place and they'd always have cookies out. Um, and I, it was so great. I just said yes all the time when we were out. And then when we were home, there just wasn't anything in the house. And I think mm. I would do that again for vacation. Obviously every, I mean, every situation looks different, but it really helped me to have, to not have to police it on a treat by treat basis and to get to say, get to say yes, because you're right. Like it is fun to eat out, to enjoy things. And I don't want to be the one who's like, well, did you have dessert after lunch? Now let's not have it after dinner. You know, right. So that, that works really well. I think anytime we can take the burden off ourselves as moms of, policing and i think you know we started this conversation with kind of simple family rules or whatever then it, we ju it's just so much more enjoyable to enjoy yeah. food with our kids and with our families yeah absolutely i could not agree more is that a good place to wrap up like so yeah I'd love to hear from from listeners on this um i feel like yeah, this could be one that we revisit someday. I think, and you know, it's funny, like after we started talking about it, I had all these other thoughts pop into my head that probably <laughs> would be best saved for another episode. Yeah. But there, there's so much guilt and pressure yes. and, around food and fa feeding your family. And it's really important, but man, sometimes it's important in different ways than we make it important. And we put like these rules on ourselves that I don't think are helpful often yes. in the end and don't get us the result we want. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think it takes away from the, enjoyment factor and quite possibly the most important thing we can do for our kids is to have them see food as a healthy part of living a life not too important but right. also important you know yeah like not, and I think I think the rules can often get in the way of that and have it be a point of contention um, yeah it's not yeah. something you mindlessly shove in your face but it's also not something you have to obsess over it's like a right an enjoyable thing that can it be is. yes um, done moderately I, I also want to mention we did do a show about feeding picky eaters and again you and I are by no means nutritional experts on this but we shared our own experience feeding picky eaters that was quite yeah. a while ago so i'll link to that in the show notes um because we didn't really get into that but i think that's okay because that's really that's at the nitty-gritty level what we're talking about today is kind of like defining this high level culture for your yes, family so absolutely great um well don't forget to check out the that's it bars i think you guys and your kids will really like them you can go to that's and enter the code the mom hour to save 10 percent, or just pick some up when you see them around town and we're really grateful to them for sponsoring this episode so um yeah again head to the for the show notes for episode 113 and that's where this will be 